Pubcast. If you're not listening to Pubcast, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the Pubcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Welcome to the Raiders of the Lost Ark episode of the Pubcast. Allison, Eric, and Rob join me to break down what might be Steven Spielberg's most iconic film. Uh, we talk about the importance of John Williams' uh, score to this movie in particular. Uh, we do a serious deep dive into the bar fight in Nepal. Uh, that's a topic we come back to again and again throughout this episode. While we do get into some trivia, we spend most of the time talking about the scenes we love and what went right and what went wrong. But we do make some key observations about things like Crocodile Dundee's cameo in this movie. And, uh, and we create a new character called Jean Reno, who is sure to have her own movie someday. So here we go, breaking down Raiders of the Lost Ark. For nearly 3,000 years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark, if it is there, Atanis, then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on Earth by those who are good, trust me. And those who are evil. I tell you everything. Yes, I know you will. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Better go. We have no time. If you still want the Ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. The Lost Ark, a film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981. I always forget that it's Indiana Jones. I always refer to it just as Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Uh, all right. The no. That was a late change. That was what? It, uh, it, they when it it was like when they came when they released it on DVD the first time. That's when the first time they threw in the Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, see, that's a little bit of trivia. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Scheisse. Uh Okay, the no-nonsense plot. In 1936, archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones is hired by the U.S. government to find the Ark of the Covenant before Adolf Hitler's Nazis can obtain its awesome powers. Now, this is Adolf Hitler's Nazis, not <laughs> Billy Smith's Nazis. That's important. That is important. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so I don't think any of us, unless Rob is the one, uh, would have been old enough or uh, our parents were cool enough to have taken us to see it in the theater in 81. I don't think I did. I don't think I saw it. Um, you know, I think I actually did. Years old? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Skip there a little bit. But I think I did. Um, because my dad was not a, or is not a moviegoer. And I believe this movie on the heels of like Star Wars piqued his interest enough. And maybe it was the time frame, right? Um, yeah. of, the, of the, of the plot. But I think, I think we went. Cause I remember the boulder scene for some reason in a theater, but you know, as I was looking at it, Brendan, this thing was rolled out like three times because it was such a hit. Um, I know. So I had, we'll get there in a minute, but I had trouble figuring out the box office performance because of that. Yeah, like but I think two of them were in like immediate succession to the yeah. original release. So it was like yeah. a summertime, you know, uh, regular. So I, I could have gotten it maybe a year after the original, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't think we, I don't think I saw it in the theater. No. I think it was it definitely a rental, I think. would have been a rental or on TV, however yeah. long that took. If you could measure um, your brain and if someone were to say a, a phrase or a word and then what would your memory be linked to it? If someone said ABC Sunday night movie, I would immediately think Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hmm. ABC Sunday movie. Well, my, my point is that like it was on several times. I remember as growing growing up, and it was always still like, oh man, Raiders is on, you know. Yeah. So this movie, let's get our overall thoughts on it. Um, it's on, it's on TV all the time. Uh, I don't know. Every third Sunday, it's on somewhere, like on TNT or uh, really? wherever. I see it a lot. I've, uh, I've, it kind of kind of ebbs and flows. It, it goes in waves a bit, but uh, you'll see it like I'll, I'll see it three times in a week because they, they re- rerun it on some channel. But then you won't see it for a month. But then it'll be like you know. Yeah, uh, I feel like this is not the one that they rerun. I feel like it is the Last Crusade. Yeah. More than this one. Like I think I saw this. A month ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's on, when you said it, Brennan, I thought about it again, and it's been on lately. Yeah, so. It's it's an anniversary year, isn't it? Yeah, it's the 40th, I think, yeah. 81. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, watching this last night, um, we can talk about the iconic scenes and stuff and, you know, all the usual things. The thing that really caught me was the score. I think this might be John Williams' best movie as far as the music. The, all of great. it's very good. Right. It's and, very, very good. And like a lot of, you know, Spielberg's movies, it's it's ever-present. You know, it's... Yeah, it never ends. Like it's, yeah, it's right. a character in the movie. Yeah. yeah. And I listened to uh, Raiders March, the, the theme song, um, on its own, just like blasting it. And it it could be the best movie theme uh, I mean, it just immediately yeah. ref- it perfectly reflects sort of the action and tone of the movie. And it, it was, it is a good one. That's a good one. Of all the ones he's done, I mean, they're, they're all good. But. Blasting it in your car or just throughout your house to annoy your entire family? Uh, it was actually upstairs. Uh, 
and and the boys were uh, getting ready to go to bed. It was about a half hour ago, to be honest. Well, you know, to that point, Rob, to, I actually was saving this for later, but I'll mention yeah. it now because I think the score, you're right. It, it's, it's so recognizable and it's so well done. Eric, I'm sure one of the memorable scenes you would note is Marion chasing the guy with the frying pan and the little clarinet. Yes. Like that scene made because of the music made us laugh (laughs) more, I think, than just the action of her chasing the guy with the frying pan. It was about the music accompanying that scene. That's over the top. That's the same uh, gene that uh, Benny Hill taps into. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear the Benny Hill theme over. uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, that whole scene there, she was going in and out of the basket. It actually would work well. Yeah. Yakety sacks while the big boulders coming down. <laughs> <laughs> He's running over <laughs> the giant boulder. It's <laughs> just zigzagging back and forth in front of it. Yeah, you, you got to play it at like one point five speed. Well, like when Indy's running out of the tomb in the opening scene, it would be just you know. A high speed playback, right? right. You know, absolutely. <laughs> Whole thing. Uh, okay, let's jump into box office performance. Uh, so I had to adjust this a couple times because we said of the multiple releases, and it was weird on uh, Box Office Mojo. So, but I think I have the quote unquote definitive actual numbers because <laughs> at one point. Uh, this movie wasn't in the top 10. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. What are we talking yeah, about? This, someone screwed up. And after reconfiguring it, it's number one. So 81 box office, the top 10. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 212 million and $81. Whoa. Yeah. That's like 4.6 billion like today. I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, no, it's a lot. Uh, number two on Golden Pond with 119. Wow. Superman Part Due with 108 million. Wow. Whew. Uh, Arthur, 95 million. Yep. Stripes, 85 million, which is something we're going to do relatively soon. Uh, the Cannonball Run. No. <laughs> Never speak of it again. <laughs> <laughs> the classic cannonball run. Uh, Chariots of Fire, number seven at 58 million. James Bond, for your eyes only, 54 million. The Four Seasons, 50 million. I don't know what that movie is. And then number 10, Time Bandits, 42 oh million. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so Raiders made 212 million that year. Uh, and who knows what since, uh, with a budget of $20 million. Yeah, I mean, pretty big hit. Uh, and for all the people involved in it, I mean, talk about setting expectations and then, you know, blowing it away. Like, you go yeah. from Jaws and Star Wars to Raiders. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, 
Okay, this had a bunch of award possibilities uh, and winners. I'll try and do this quickly, and then we can uh, dwell on a couple of them. Hey, Brennan, before yeah. quickly on the financing, the, yeah. it may be considered trivia, but the, there was a weird relationship on how this film got financed and that the studio, I guess, did most, most of the production budget, but Lucas ended up with like 40% of uh, ownership of the film. So he did very well. Um, He is Mr. Right place at right time, making the right decision with all that stuff. Yeah. So he, 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 he essentially, he, he helped take on some risk, but he got outside reward. I mean, 40% of this movie and then think about it, you know, what it's produced since then. Um, Yeah. It's got, I mean, and this is the guy that owns star Wars and he's got, this as his backup. I mean, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, he has forty yeah. percent of Raiders and the franchise, or you know, parts of the franchise at least, as his backup plan. <laughs> Fucking mm-hmm. hell. Uh, okay, this movie uh, won the Academy Award for best visual effects, best film editing, best production designing, best sound mixing, and it won a special achievement award for sound effects editing. Uh, which I assume is like the first time they did that award. I must, you know, being in, in 81, they probably have that going on beyond right. that now. So one, two, three, four, five winners. And then the two big awards, best director and best picture, they were nominated for, but did not win. Best director. Uh, so Spielberg for this. Mark Rydell for On Golden Pond, Hugh Hudson for Chariots of Fire, uh, Louis Mao for Atlantic City, I don't know that movie either, and Warren Beatty for Reds, Warren Beatty won for hmm. Reds. I do remember. I don't know that movie. I know of it, but I don't think I've seen it. Best Picture, Raiders, Atlantic City, On Golden Pond, Reds, and Chariots of Fire. The winner was Chariots of Fire. Oh wow! That I mean, I and that, that's an iconic song, obviously. But yeah. wow, that's a tough. But is it better? Is it better than the Indiana Jones? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's definitely not stood the test of time. Obviously, but yeah, it's like the one song I might. One of two songs I might still be able to play on the piano <laughs> after thirty-five years. I would say it's definitely more mocked than the Raiders' March. Yeah. And you've got to run in slow motion to it. <laughs> yeah. On the beach. There's, yeah. In like a white onesie. It's uh, the I mean, but the fact that, as you're saying, Brennan, uh, best picture, best director, best cinematography, um, you know, in, in addition to what they won, and then best score. I mean, this was not, I don't think, considered a serious movie necessarily. And and it delivered, you know, and all that. It's not the traditional Oscar movie to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. But. No, yeah. I, and I think that that's, I think, I mean, you could get into a whole discussion about that. I think that's where the Academy is missing the mark, that there are movies of this genre or similar types that they won't consider yeah um when i, I mean, mean 
these movies are the ones that stand the test of time. They are the ones that people remember. I don't even know what Reds is. Right. 81, yeah, 82 you know. is, is right in the heart, the meat of that, where there are Oscar movies and then there are fun movies and they are not the same thing. And, you know, Reds was, I think, about the Hollywood black listing scandal, anti-communist stuff. And, you know, so Hollywood loves stories about Hollywood, but... Um, this is there's no question what the better movie experience was, right? Like, are you saying that movie was not about the Cincinnati baseball team? No, although that is a movie I'd like to see. But um, <laughs> I, I mean, th- I, one of the things I wrote just as I was taking my first notes down, I'm like, big movie feel. Like, oh yeah, yeah. This I know they were like hearkening back to a previous era where they thought this is you know the big the big serial yeah. movie. But in my mind, this was like, I look at it as like, man, they made movies back then, meaning 1981. You know what I mean? Like, it was still big. It was still wide shot. It was still with a score. It was, you know, kind of over the top a little bit. It was, I just felt like, oh, they don't make movies like this anymore. No. I mean, Eric, feel free to jump in. But um, this, to me, Raiders... uh, and you can, you could certainly say Jaws as well, uh, but put them both in the same bucket. This is where you sort of see the Spielberg style emerge, right? I mean, this, it has, just watching it from the first shot to the last shot, it's got Spielberg written all over it. And it's got that big movie, that wide panorama, that big sort of uh, John Ford feel that Spielberg, uh, you know, some of the shots, some of the comedy, some of the, um, the deliberateness with the camera, it's great. Yeah. And well, in, be- in be- but also don't forget in between Jaws and Raiders of the Lost Ark, Spielberg also made Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's right. That's right. Oh, that little movie. Yeah. And, well, yeah. We had 1941, which might speak to the comedy a little bit, um, yeah. even though it didn't get yeah. executed so well there. But <laughs> No, it didn't. I will say that. Um, I wrote this down last night that the introduction of Indiana Jones is like the greatest character intro ever where in like a three second move, the whip, the kind of the silhouette stepping up from the shadow to the light, like that is so iconic and it tells you everything you need yeah. to know about that character in that three second it's perfect, and it's definitely it's clearly inspired and taken from those 1940s, 1930s yeah. pulp uh, 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 movies and yeah. books and magazines and, and that type of thing. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously in your face from the opening scene, so to speak. But I just thought those, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but those two first big set pieces where you have the opening scene and the you know, the the rush out of the tomb, and then you have the little setup, but then you have that next big set piece, which is, you know, in the bazaar. Like, those first, what is it, 40 minutes of the movie, maybe, or even less, yeah. that's, an, that's an intense, uh, worth, you know, bucket of entertainment right in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, and even before that, the bar scene, right? That huge... Um, the fight in the bar scene too while we're while we're since you mentioned it i was going to wait until the trivia but this is the better time to talk about it 
So the bar, I want to talk about the bar. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts about the bar. I, I have uh, thoughts on this too. This ball, ball, this bar in Nepal uh, is called the Raven. If we didn't know, uh, it's uh, Raven, Marion, Marion Ravenwood's bar. Uh, I'm looking at this bar last night and I'm thinking it is to me the bar version of Jamie Gum's basement. <laughs> um, as, uh, Science of the Lambs. Uh, it appears to have 30 foot ceilings. Uh, yeah. And it's a, it's, it's, every shot shows you more and more of it. Like it's, it's a, I mean, I can't get a feel for the geography of this place. Is it, uh, I don't know, is it a square? Is it a rectangle? Are there side rooms? Is it like it's, it's kind of yeah, a giant it's hard to fireplace know. Is that, in the middle? Is the fireplace in the middle or is it on one of the sides? Uh, is it, yeah. That this also, also I, I'm always amazed at the linear footage of the bar. Like you yeah. said, oh. in Nepal. Yeah, like in so. I'm like, that's, what I mean. that's kind of what I mean. It's, <laughs> I know. If it's you like said this was in, in whatever giant city somewhere, you know, some metropolitan place with it, all right, great, fine. Uh, but it's in Nepal. I can't yeah. imagine there are, are places this big in Nepal. And I know nothing about <laughs> well, Nepal. I mean, yeah, it, it has like the Wrigleyville bar type length. Right. But um, you're like, how busy does it really get? You know, maybe maybe there's. Right. <laughs> How many people are you serving in a night? Four? Maybe that was a down night. I get it. But really, is that just a Friday night size that you're kind of aiming for or what? Right. And so on top of that, uh, by the time Indy gets there and they start talking about, he's like, do you remember that amulet, that brass thing, you know, that cheap uh, brass, uh, you know, round thing with a, a, a stone in the middle that your dad had? fucking 10 years ago sorry indy i just drank three gallons of brown <laughs> liquor i don't I, I don't remember anything like, uh, how is that this What's is going on? this is exactly where i noted something i'm like first of all i don't know what what that liquor is but you you cannot have had that much of it no no and that's no. repeated no. later in the movie too but like right uh, actually a couple times there's 32 shot glasses on that table. I know. I was going to count them up, and then I, I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. No, I just, I'm, I'm just guessing. But I know. Sure. But, but it's, I mean, I don't think any human could do that many. Oh. No. Not, not a Marion. The, the guy doing the shots, I commented on this last night to Brendan. He's got the largest <laughs> fingers I have ever seen on a human being. Well, They're you, like, you've never been, at, uh, you've uh, never, Allison, I must interrupt. You've never been dealt blackjack by Orin, the blackjack dealer. Right. You've never been, you, you never visited Oneida Casino outside of Green Bay. Oh, my God. With a guy who was dealing a two-deck pitch, I believe, uh, or whatever it was, and had hands, had, he had banana hands. Yeah. Was. yeah. He had fingers like baseball bats. <laughs> they were, I, I mean, it was startling to see them. I think I notice it every time I've watched this movie, but it's still startling to see them yeah. on screen. Yeah. How he's able to grab what looks like a thimble shot glass between those two fingers. <laughs> no, those are pints. <laughs> he has Andre the Giant's hands. <laughs> All right. I'm going to move on. Uh, we can get back into the, uh, 
details of the movie if you want, okay. but uh, let's do Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. What do we think the audience score was for this movie or is for this movie? Allison. 99. Whoa. 99 coming out hot. Uh, Rob? Yeah, I still, I mean, I, this is hot. 91, maybe not 99 hot, but. Eric? I'll say 98. Wow. You guys think a lot of this movie. Uh, the audience score was 96. <clears throat> so right there. <laughs> now the critics. What do we think ye old movie critics thought of uh, Raiders? I'm going to say 97. I think they liked it. Rob? I... I- I'm going to stick around that same area um, around, I'm going to say 90. I, I think this movie might've been seen as kind of dark and violent at the time. But. <laughs> uh, Eric, I'm going to say 93. I, I think everything about it that I can, I think it was seen just as an instant classic that everybody just loved it. Yeah. Uh, split the difference, and critics gave it a 95. Mm. So, mm. audience 96, critics 95. So, everyone loved it top to bottom. Nice. I mean, can't argue with that. Okay. Trivia, fun facts. All right. Thoughts, stories. Uh, love it, hate it, everything. So one of the things, Rob, you were just talking about um, that this movie might have been seen as like dark or violent or whatever. Um, They worked really hard to not get an R rating on this movie. And one of the things that they did to prevent Mm -hmm. getting an R rating was it was related to the exploding head at the end. Oh, yeah, they, right. They put right. the flames in there to try to... So you couldn't see every You couldn't really <laughs> see all the details of the head exploding. But that was like, that would have been too much that it would have gotten an R rating. So that's why it's kind of obscured like that. Yeah. And it looks kind of almost added at the end. Yeah. It's, it's different than everything else. Oh, I meant to... I probably should have said this in the previous part before we got into the trivia, but I'll do it now. Uh, and Allison and I were talking about this during the movie. Um, two things. Uh, it, it, this goes back to the, the, the bar fight, I guess. Um, number one, uh, Indiana Jones's uh, six-shooter revol- revolver, when he shoots it compared to the other guns, like everybody else has guns, they're shooting back and forth. They sound like guns. His sounds like a howitzer or a, can- a, like a cannon blowing people through walls. Like it, it's like, it, it, it's truly amazing. The sound difference of Indy's gun versus the other guy's gun. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, Brennan, that's funny. You said that because I, I actually don't have it flagged. I'm, I'm not organized. I apologize, but I do remember reading that there was a special process conducted for his gunshot on the sound side. Um, where oh, they, yeah. they did, they had like, a, I believe it was like a rifle, even though, you know, obviously Indy had a handgun. And then they did some kind of enhancement to it 
um, before they recorded it. And it was, I'm like, that's funny. You know, like they paid that much attention that and Indy's punches. Are that's like, my next thing. Are like insanely loud. Right. And they talked about how that was like a baseball bat against a series of leather pouches and stuff. So it's right. like, they've like thought through how to uniquely define each. Well, and hence the Oscar for sound design. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I mean, the punches by Indiana Jones, AKA Harrison Ford, because he continues, he sells the punch to, yeah. to the point where you believe it made that sound. Yeah. Cause he's so he's a, into a, it. Yeah. There's such a, he gives the angry punch. I mean, he is caving people's chests in with the sound <laughs> of his punches. Uh, yeah. Uh, there is no punch like a Harrison Ford punch. It, go, it, that hand goes Ain't back no so like a Harrison Ford punch party. To go forward is incredible. It's such a movie punch. Yeah. yeah. In real life, it's nonsense, yeah. but the person would have ran like run like ten feet in the yeah. other direction by the time that punch would have come it's forward. It's a cartoon. Yeah. Here's yeah. this punch. Here comes this. Punch. <laughs> I'm punching you. Get off my plane. All right. So. All right. Uh, I have a couple of trivia things. I'll throw out. I was, I was going to try to combine all of the Indiana Jones. Star Wars crossovers with George Lucas and everything, but it, there were too many. I couldn't keep up, and so I've got them sprinkled in through here. I'll try and put a couple of them together, but we may uh, uh, come back to this okay. throughout. Um, the character of Indiana Jones was originally called Nevada Smith. No, who? Wow. Based on the... Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was too... The name was Indiana Smith. It was too similar to the 1966 Steve McQueen Western Nevada Smith. So they changed Indiana Smith to Indiana Jones, making it somewhat different from Nevada Smith. And Indiana was the name of George Lucas's dog, an Alaskan Malamute, which was also the inspiration for Chewbacca in Star Wars. Yeah, Smith wouldn't have worked the same as Jones. Jones. No, Jones. Jones. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't have my Star Wars stuff together. So, so one of the, I noticed it last night. I'm like, oh, that looked real. And then it turns out it was, <laughs> which was when Harrison Ford was running in front of the big boulder, he stumbles. Yeah. And that was a real stumble. He had to shoot that scene like, 10 times or something like that so that they could get it from all different angles. And on one of the runs, he kind of tripped and fell and they liked how yeah. it made it much more authentic that, you know, there could be a misstep or whatever. <laughs> so they left it in. That he trips in this dungeon. It's, yep. Uh, there's an engraving of C-3PO and R2-D2 appearing on the wall in the well of souls. Um, yeah. And there's like, there's a series of that. Like, I think the, yeah. the, um, tail numbers on the, one of the planes are like C3PO and. Yeah. R2. I didn't, I was trying not to get too it, deep into yeah, that. It's but, like OB CPO yeah. or something like that. Yeah. For Obi-Wan. On the, uh, on the set of Raiders, Steven Spielberg told the story outline of E.T., the extraterrestrial, to Harrison Ford's then-wife, Melissa Matheson, uh, while she visited set, and she quickly scripted E.T. So there you go. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess we didn't realize when we were kids, we were apparently living through like this golden age. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> where, where these, like that run of movies, including Eric, you know, uh, Close Encounters, it's like you had Star Wars and Empire, like basically going on at the same time as Raiders and um, really the sequel to Raiders when you, you know, yeah. to the spectrum. It's crazy. It's crazy how that all happened in the same stretch. Yeah. I did see, I noticed it last night at the end. It was, and I'm forgetting her name, unfortunately, but I saw in the credits somebody with the role of assistant to Mr. Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. And it was this woman. And I had noticed just in watching the credits that there it was 80% men, 85% men that were a part of the crew so I remember seeing that it was a woman and it turns out that she now has like taken on all these other roles and is like the head of Lucasfilm or something like that. Like she has gone yeah. from like assistant to Mr. Spielberg to head of like the biggest production company <laughs> in the world. Oh, I can't think of her name. Right. It's like Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy. Yes. Kennedy. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Irish yeah. name. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, she's all over the place. I mean, she's she's yeah, yeah but I like show. but I like that was her role, assistant to Mr. Spielberg. Yeah, uh, they filmed a lot of the movie, uh, the parts we all know in the the sandy area uh, in Tunisia, and essentially everybody got dysentery. Everyone there got sick, except for except for, <clears throat> except for Spielberg, who uh, drank water bottled water and only ate uh, canned foods he brought from the UK. Um, so everybody got sick. That's important because during the famous scene with Indy and the swordsman where he shoots him, there was this whole different scene where they were doing all kinds of other things. Trickery. Uh, stuff, yeah. And uh, Harrison Ford was sick. He's like, he was, you know, sweating bullets and diarrhea and the whole deal. Uh, it was 120 degrees. He was just fed up and tired and sick and wanted to get done with it. Uh, so he improvised the shooting of the guy with the, the big uh, scimitar or whatever. He, it's, it's so fascinating what he improvises <laughs> in his roles yeah. that are very in tune with whatever character. So it was like that, that being improvised when they were on the boat um when he was all banged up and yeah. she's like trying to help him out and he made the comment of it's not that it's not the years it's the mileage yeah. that was improvised by him but and he did the same in empire strikes back and like all right. of these other films he's the greatest he, screenwriter ever what you're saying <laughs> well yes but he's got <laughs> this personality that comes out yeah. but in real life you listen to him and it's like he pours every bit of life he's got yeah. into his characters and there's nothing left like he's, in reality it, he's it, just like dull. there's no character there's yeah. no character there's no personality so it's it's very interesting to me that that creativity lurks behind what seems to be a very so there, he has a, facade. a long quote about how he came up with uh shooting the guy and the the, the punchline is um, he says uh, to Spielberg, uh, you know, I haven't holstered my gun or unholstered my gun in the whole movie. So I said, let's just shoot the fucker. And we did. <laughs> that's, 
that sounds like yeah Harrison Ford. Um, okay, in Raiders, uh, when Belloc's uh, force carries the Ark through the canyon, and where Indy threatens to blow up the, uh, uh, the Ark of the Covenant with the uh, uh, RPG, uh, George Lucas, uh, that's where he shot uh, R2-D2 uh, when he was disabled by the Jawas in Star Wars. It's the same oh. canyon. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, I actually put this down earlier, but all it makes that sense. Tunisia stuff is all related. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. But I was also I thought about like these guys pitching, and they like already had these successes. Yeah. So they're like, "Hey, we're gonna make this movie, and we need to go to the following countries totally. <laughs> to film it." And you know, they're like, "That's awesome. Those these are great places. I can't wait to go there." And the studio was like, "Okay, you know, go ahead." Yeah. Yeah. The whole the whole thing of scouting locations and figuring out where to shoot what uh, sounds awesome, and I don't know how you do it properly, but it'd be fun to do. But I heard though they had to shop this movie around quite a bit. Like they, yeah. even though it was Spielberg and George Lucas, and they were, you know, had all of these other big movies, it wasn't picked up by the first place it was they had several before paramount picked it up that's insane right these two guys coming off of these hot streaks like everybody who's on on whatever board or committee at those other production companies should just right be you know i get having a a tough time selling jaws or whatever but this this should be a layup yeah you would think this is not a hard sell but uh rob this will uh dovetail nicely into some of your research uh the initial design for the Nazi villain, villain uh, Arnold Tote, Tot, Tote, uh, he had a mechanical arm that functioned as a machine gun and a radio antenna sticking out of his head. Well, And they <laughs> properly and rightly scrapped <laughs> that, the that. That actually might have worked better than what they settled on. <laughs> so tell me what, you, what your thoughts are about uh, uh, the Nazi. Well, you, you look at, you know, when you start to read a little bit, they say it's, you know, modeled on Heinrich Himmler. And uh, I'm like, first of all, I don't know if anyone really understands that, but he, he's yeah. just, to me, is such a nondescript face that is vaguely a lot of things, but none of them seem German. <laughs> right. And it's like sw- a sweaty face all the time. And I so, don't know why th- they had him... A- when, when they're walking through that canyon with the, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, he takes his hat off and wipes his head, clearly a shaved head. Where he has a full head of hair and has shaved the top of his head for some reason. Why did they make him bald? Why? Who cares? Who cares yes, about yeah, this guy? I, I don't know. So, I mean, this is where Spielberg, you know, saying, I don't know why everyone's overreacting. We just made a B movie. Like, meaning yeah. we just had fun with it. And they just, they did it so well that I think some things that they probably didn't care about, like just the oddness of this casting, I think, they yeah. just kind of moved on. Uh, Rob and I were going back and forth in text, uh, you know, joking about what countries do you think this guy's from? Because it's not Germany. Like <laughs> yeah. he, He's Albanian. He's uh, Uzbekistanian. Uh, he's from anywhere but Germany. Yeah. Well, similar but different is this was Alfred Alfred Molina's first 
yeah. role first casting, and he is like Ben Kingsley and Fred Armisen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like he can play eighty-seven different nationalities. Yeah, he's, like he's playing this um, Central American, right. South American. Um, oh, yeah. It's a. a thought that was interesting. And on his first day of shooting, he was covered in those tarantulas. <laughs> like that was welcome to acting. <laughs> I love that. Uh, a lot of the unused script ideas uh, in Raiders, and there were a lot of them, they had to cut a bunch of stuff uh, and couldn't do it for whatever reason. A lot of that stuff ended up in Temple of Doom, uh, including things like, Indy traveling to Shanghai and avoiding the machine gun fire uh, behind that, that big rolling gong. Uh, the high-speed chase on the minecarts that was going to be in Raiders uh, didn't happen. Originally uh, in Raiders, the trip to Shanghai was to recover a piece of the staff of Ra, uh, and the minecart was uh, in pursuit of the uh, a pursuit following the opening of the Ark. So there was a whole, whole sections of the movie they cut out and put that in Temple of Doom. And I know Eric knows this Temple of Doom is a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. It happens a year before the events of Raiders, per the movie's own timeline. Yeah, I was uh, today years old before putting that together. (laughs) (laughs) I, I forget the dates exactly, but it's something like. Raiders takes place in 1936 and Temple of Doom is 1935. Yeah, exactly. So I noticed something um, and I wrote this down as I was watching it. So I've realized that Sala is the equivalent of Dom DeLuise fat. Like, I always thought... I always thought Sala was a big, huge guy, and he's not. I mean, he's not. Sala's carrying an extra 20 pounds, and that's it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I I looked at Sala as a role model. (laughs) (laughs) I was really... I was really surprised by that. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's not that he, big of a guy. He's entertaining. He's connected yeah. in the city. He know he can get you what you Sala need. Is not this big rotund no. dude. He's like he's got like a 38 waist. I mean, like a, 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 I mean, I guess it was like his big voice and all of like he just had a big personality. He, but he I, is awesome in this movie. He's great. Yeah. He's absolutely great. John Reese Davies. He's awesome. Well, and, and we'll get to the casting, but I know. talk about a guy that made the most out of a role. I mean, absolutely for yeah. a career. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, I didn't realize that. Um, you know that scene where Indy goes and meets Belloc yeah. for the first time. I didn't realize that was a hookah lounge. Yeah. Like, I never paid attention to that. I didn't realize how much Belloc was, like, token on yeah. it. And I just, I, it never... I do, I did pay attention. I enjoy all of the extras sitting around just watching the action, yeah. what's happening. Like, yeah. they're not even yeah. trying to act. They're just no. watching the yeah, performance. No. <laughs> no. Yes. 
And then like yeah, it's a bunch of locals just right there. Yeah. At the end of that scene where they all stand up and you know square off with their guns. Yeah. You can almost if you look at it again, you're like, I think that guy's laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so in that scene, I wrote this down last night. Uh it's essentially Belloc and Indy have like a the face off there. I mean, they're they're sitting yeah. down, you know, drinking and goofing off, but Indy's ready to murder Belloc. Yeah. And Belloc has a an army of guns trained at Indy. He's saved by a bunch of random kids, like yeah. sent in by Sala, but uh kids who run in, that's ridiculous. Why do they let him leave? This that, that, to me, that's <laughs> one of the most preposterous things in the movie. And Brennan, I mean, I, I, I hate to say that I can't believe I came up with the same two things so first of all why would that happen but indy so i mean the 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 kid thing is really the point but backing up a half step indy is in there drinking um in the wake of what he thought was marion's death and i'm like first of all i don't think it's real easy to get a bottle of whiskey (laughs) in a in a in a muslim market like i don't know where that's coming from but maybe he found it okay good but then I wrote and I underlined it, impossibly drunk. Oh, because he, he has like three seven, sips left of that bottle. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 15 sixteenths of the bottle. And, yeah. and, 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 and Belloc tries, he does make a reference to him being drunk. Yeah. I'm like, listen, I've had far less, as some people on this call may know. And I would not be able to be having a conversation like, you know, he yeah. was. He, he drank 730 milliliters of whatever was in that bottle. Yeah. Uh, on that note, I did want to mention uh, or ask the group, uh, a.k.a. Rob in this case. I don't think anybody else would know. Do you know uh, what bottle of alcohol Marion gives Indy in the bar fight in Nepal when he asks for whiskey and he grabs she gets oh. he gets the bottle and he hits the guy with the head yeah, and yeah, the head yeah. it looked like a I, I noticed it I never no, really it. looked at it closely until watching it the other day. I yeah. it was a bottle of Johnny Walker, wasn't it? It was Johnny Walker, I believe black. But That's what I thought. 81, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. uh it was definitely Johnny Walker. <laughs> I, I thought there were there were a few more product placements in the movie than I had ever thought of or remembered but um but brennan back to the the i wrote down quaint notion of children meaning this <laughs> idea that everyone's like hey we're ready to murder this guy in broad daylight but that's hey, wait, i'll send that's children what I mean. into a murder scene they're about to riddle this guy with a thousand bullets at a, a two-foot range and then 11 kids come in and like, yeah, okay, fine. Take them. Or that's, or that Sala one sent his kids in there. Yes. Like they know that Indy's going to get in trouble. So he sends his kids in. Hey kids, go (laughs) be a human child for this uh, strange white warrior. Yes. The relative value placed on the children's lives really throughout the whole series is, is pretty low. Yeah. Okay, uh, I have no more trivia, but I have more stuff to talk about in the movie as far as anecdotal conversation I, like this. That's all I've got. I don't okay. really have trivia. Uh, 
I really, really want to do a deep dive, if anybody will dive in with me, on the uh, the truck chase, chase scene when, when he has the Ark of the Covenant in the back of his big giant military truck and there's guys coming on and off of it fighting right. and whatever. That's an insane scene. It's a great, let's call it a chase scene. It's a chase scene and a fight scene. I don't know. A number one. The geography of where they're going is <laughs> so fantastical and it's enough to take you out of it if you're paying the least bit, of, bit attention, which you don't for the first 10 times you see this movie. It, it's fine. But in one turn, they're on the edge of a cliff. The next turn, they're in like lush jungle. The next turn, they're in wide open desert. And this is all in the span of 36 feet. It's 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 out of control like there, there is no consistency to where they are uh when they're driving like it, it's it's craziness i i do again i i noticed the very same thing today like it, i was watching it and i'm like were they in the alps when that right. uh, when that jeep went over the edge right i do yeah. it kind of goes back to what they said which was um meaning spielberg and lucas like we were goofing like we were goofing off making this the movie and you guys all all of a sudden thought it was cool. I I feel like they use that same cliff in Temple of Doom. Might and as well. Like I mean, it's a bottomless cavern of what I, I mean. It it's made up. Like yeah. oh, I mean, to be clear, none of this matters whatsoever. But uh, and you don't notice it the first handful of times you see it. It just doesn't. Who cares? But seeing it again it's they're in like completely different places from shot to shot to shot uh and during that fight scene am i the only one that thinks it's paul hogan thinks it's crocodile dundee that he's fighting (laughs) (laughs) it's crocodile dundee I have definitely, I've thought that for a long time. He definitely, at some point, he says, that's not a knife, this is a knife, and he pulls out a knife. (laughs) Well, first of all, that scene has a multitude of problems with it that I I understand that sometimes you can't stitch it all together, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, I did note, though, that across the entire contingent of soldiers on the truck, I believe the average age was approaching... (laughs) Uh, Medicare eligible. <laughs> I, I was looking at these actors and I'm like, what is going on? Why are there so many uh, guys uh, like my age? Why are there so many like 48 year olds in the army all of a sudden? Well, I was thinking, I'm like, is this the end of the war or the beginning of the war? <laughs> yeah, because really. that's. <laughs> and which war? I mean, yeah. uh, these, are, these are guys from the first war who are right. now in the second war who are in their late 70s. It's uh, it's kind of out of control. Uh, I, I just looked at my notes from last night again, and shockingly, I'm going back to the bar scene in Nepal. Uh, <laughs> I should have really combined yeah. all this, but eh, who cares? Right. Um, one of the henchmen in the bar uh, that is fighting Indiana Jones ha- is clearly, cl- and this is a function of HDTV, essentially, but clearly, clearly, clearly a white guy with prosthetic Asian uh, eyelids. Whoa. No. 
Absolutely, one thousand percent. And I think there's uh, there it's it's there's some uh, it's it's a legitimate like the I'm not making this up. As I'm saying uh, it's uh, it's written down somewhere, and it, there, uh, I forgot the guy's name, but uh, definitely that's the case. And there, it's the worst prosthetic eyelid job, uh, aka racist job I've seen since. Sean Connery in You Only Live Twice when he was uh, when James Bond was hiding in oh, uh, Japan and uh, he had this is Sean Connery we're talking about prosthetic eyelids to look uh, Japanese ludicrous wow. Wow. well I mean this could be I guess a repeat comment from any movie or movie of this era but <laughs> it uh, there are things that are just like a little you know, socially awkward today yeah, sure. that are included in the movie. There's a lot of indiscriminate killing or, you know, yeah, well, disregard yeah. for kids. And yeah, I, I, well, yeah. Those kids should have shot. Come on. <laughs> there was more of that in Temple of Doom. I yeah. felt sure. uh, poor Shorty, like that whole situation was oh, not great. Please. That whole deal is insane. Um, Oh, I had something. I lost it. Go ahead. Um, one of the things I saw, I, I, I didn't go too far into this, but there were 7,000 snakes right. in the Well of Souls, and they had cleaned out every pet store, every like possible place to get these snakes from, but they had to go with legless lizards also to get the volume of and when you look at a lot of those shots if you have seen and know what a legless lizard looks like three quarters of the ones that they show are legless lizards they're not snakes <laughs> they're definitely a and he included like cut up hoses and yeah yeah. Right? yeah 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 it is a crazy idea like and and this is why you might maybe the big movie idea still holds. Like it was one of the last big movies because, yeah. you know, obviously today they just would like create a sea of snakes from CGI or whatever, but they had to like figure out how to get that illusion going, you know, with hoses. It's funny. Yeah. That you're like, yeah. I mean, but in all honesty, it, it, the movie doesn't suffer from it. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it works perfectly fine. Uh, that would be better than a bunch of CG garbage. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. I was trying to kind of shifting gears a little bit. I was trying to kind of think through this last night um, to see if there was any sort of connection to the last crusade. So when Indy was in his apartment with what's his name, Mm -hmm. getting ready to leave for Nepal, Indiana Jones apartment or is it a house or house? I I mean, whatever it is, like wherever he's living, it's probably a house. Um, has a ton of nude paintings and statues (laughs) in his apartment. Well, all right. And it's not, they're not all like ancient artifacts, although there are some, like there was one painting over. Are they pinups? No. Well, one looked like it was, but it was kind of like um, blurred out almost. Like you couldn't <laughs> quite see it, but that's what it looked like. Yeah. Well, um, it was like 
it was like women of all like at all different ages of history kind of thing so like there were some ancient like some kind of like real um rudimentary statues and then there was like some like an abstract art and then there was this or that and I'm like I I just was trying to figure out to like how things were placed or a bunch of things on the walls also I was trying to remember there was anything connected in Sean, the his dad's well, house. Maybe we'll with, find out in the fifth movie that is in production. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Last Crusade, though, he's got you know he's got that apartment. His house has yeah. different artifacts. So I was I'm like, oh, I wonder if that was kind of a. It was made clear in the Last Crusade, but I was wondering if that was something I had missed yeah. with Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. and I could I couldn't quite put it all together. Yeah, I don't think so. Ali, you touched on something, though, that um, Indy was... There were a couple scenes that were shot that made him look like more of a like ladies' man. Yeah. I guess originally Brody comes to see him in his apartment, and it's made Brody. clear that he's hiding his guest for the evening. Uh, <laughs> um, I actually even noted that, you know, the other scene that they replaced it with is, you know, Brody coming into uh, Indy's classroom... And the girls in the classroom making eyes that are, you know, and all of them, the yeah, love you message. Yeah. And I'm like, apparently the that's what I meant about like you know looking backward. Apparently the uh, student professor sexual relationship boundary was not as clear, right? <laughs> it, you know, back well, then, eighty two percent of his class is female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And even the guy gave him the, the guy gives him an apple on his way out of the yeah, classroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Admittedly, I would have taken that class too if I was in college. I would have taken it too. Um a uh, little cameo fun fact. Uh the guy at the end, uh one of the government agents that uh hires in me basically, and, and at the end they, they talk about putting the ark away in a safe right. place. Yeah. Top men, yeah. You know, top men. That guy is also uh, Porkins, the uh, guy flying the X-wing. Stay on target. Stay on oh, target. Really? He explodes and dies. Yeah. Oh, that is great. I had, oh, that's good. I actually had one other comment about the CIA agents for the yeah the front. I, end. I, yeah, I was going to say something too. Go ahead, Robbie. For the front end, where they're you know pitching him on the on the pursuit. Yeah, they're like this is highly classified, and you know they're 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 looking around and over their shoulder. I'm like, why are you meeting in a theater? Like, right. go, <laughs> go to a smaller room where people can't sneak in and stuff. Sneak in a theater in a school, like just some random knucklehead kid could just walk in, and who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're they're talking, and there's like a booming echo from their voices <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> And that Anybody guy, can hear. And stay on target guy was so seemed so annoyed to be having this conversation. Like Pissed. that was yeah, like yeah. just annoyed the whole time. I think he's supposed to represent the bureaucracy of it all. Like he just sees this in some other case, just like yeah. putting away the ark in some big warehouse of boxes. Just one more thing they have to deal with, but. At the beginning, uh, it's like, at he the is, beginning, he's like rolling his eyes. And he is so like he wants to go to lunch or something. Like he has to get out. <laughs> of 
But thank goodness Indy had that giant book that just happened to open to the right. page of the Ark of the Covenant after opening those giant buckles. You know, it's just like filled with uh, drawings of naked women, apparently, that are right. up on his Well, book. but the other thing, you've got Eye Roller, Mr. Asshole, and Indy has, like, shot people in the head for less. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and he doesn't step up to, you know, Mr. Eye Roller. It's a... Uh, right. I know. Stay on target. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's. I got some casting yep. issues. Uh, issues, not issues. Uh, this is how people were cast. Okay. Um, hey, Brendan, can yeah. I just say I, I want to predict that there are many, many, many good stories, but there is the ninety-nine percent and then the one percent on the casting stories. My prediction. Okay. I don't have stories per se, other than a list of names. Yes, uh, I'll, 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 yes, alternatives. Feel free to add the color as needed. Um, <sighs> we'll start with. Let's save Indy for a minute. Uh, okay. Let's go backwards. Um, people. So all of this is people who are considered, or read for it, or whatever, right? Uh, so Belloc, uh, the guy who got it, got it. Uh, the person, one person considered was a French singer, Jacques Dutronc. Ooh, I don't, I don't know my French. Wow. Uh, we're going to go with Dutronc because that's how they say it in France. And then the other guy, which I enjoy that didn't get it was, uh, the Italian guy, Giancarlo Gianni. AKA Mathis from Casino Royale. Oh. Yeah, Casino Royale, right? Nice. He was up for it and didn't get it. Oh. Mm. Uh, okay, over to Sala. Yeah. I saw one name and one name only. <laughs> it's a great And name. it was Danny DeVito. <laughs> that, that's not oh, 1%. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I mean, that has to be the most preposterous idea I've ever heard. It's, it's essentially the same, not the same. Uh, it's a similar character. Oh, no, it's not even similar, really. But he kind of plays the same role as a third wheel type of guy in Romancing the Stone. Well, that's, yeah, that, and that comes much later mm-hmm. than this, but that was. So a swashbuckling guy with that yeah, fedora. Right, and what, right. It's, it, that, it's basically sure a ripoff of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine the whole tone? It, it it just when I read that I was like I just what a, it would have really I don't think really Indy's getting out of the well of souls if, <laughs> if it's Danny no. DeVito pulling on the rope yeah and the line when they first introduced Sala and he's like I knew they'd hire you Sala you're the best digger in Egypt right no. right Danny DeVito was not the best digger in Man, Egypt how would Danny DeVito catch the poison date above Indy's mouth. No. <laughs> Uh, he couldn't do the song at the end when he gets off the boat Uh, oh the end is it's uh, the list is endless yeah oh my god uh okay i have a bunch of names for marion uh i'll just go through them many of them we've all heard or seen or been rumors about uh, some of these. I don't think, I don't believe some of these, so whatever. But Marion Ravenswood, 
could have been Amy Irving, who I believe Spielberg married, didn't mm. he? Uh, Deborah Winger, Sean Young, but she was just too crazy, which is the answer to every part that Sean Young doesn't, doesn't get. Uh, Maureen McCormick. I don't know if I believe that one. Hmm. I don't believe that one. That's Brady. Marsha. Marsha. Yeah, I, I know. Too. I mean, that just. I don't get that one. Jane Seymour, hmm. Deborah Winger, Mary Steenburgen. I, see, we're wow. getting, the further we get into this, it, it gets less and less plausible. Well, I mean, I think Deborah Winger is someone that could really have done sure. that for sure. Yeah. Uh, Valerie Bertinelli. D. Wallace, who was the mom in E.T., he used her after, mm. or yeah, after this. Um, and then Barbara Hershey. I don't know what she was doing in 81, so I have no idea if that works or not. I know that, yeah. Then I we mean, come to... Yeah, well, Karen, they, he, Karen Allen got it Karen Allen so after great. he saw Animal House, and he's like, oh, that's right. who I need. Right. Uh, Indiana Jones. The first one, two, three three or so i've seen the rest of them it's kind of news to me so we'll see number one we all know tom Selleck. Yeah. he was offered it he was signed up but he couldn't do it because of magnum pi yeah yeah did it it's so was there any further thing with the mustache i don't have you so. to shave that off no this is not uh, the snyder cut with the mustache no <laughs> um no, he was. It was strictly scheduling. I I believe he shot scenes like he was doing. Oh. It. Yeah, I'm almost positive that on the DVD that I had, it showed part of Tom Selleck's like screen test. Yeah, mm. thank you. Yeah, definitely did screen test. I think he shot. It was close to. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they were official scenes or not, but yeah. Yeah, I saw that he had done a screen test with Sean Young. Who could you imagine that? I want to see that combo. So if Tom Selleck would have gotten it, would Harrison Ford be doing Blue Bloods right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to wonder how Tom Selleck feels. Would Harrison Think. Ford have been Courtney Cox's boyfriend and friends? Okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, Tom Selleck, Tim Matheson... Animal House. Mm-hmm. He would have been opposite Karen. Uh, uh, Karen Allen. Karen Allen. Um, both from Animal House. Right. Uh, Peter Coyote. John Shea. I don't know who John Shea is off the top of my head. I forget. Uh, Mark Harmon. Hmm. Michael Bean. Yeah, Michael maybe. Bean has the career that never was. Like he, <laughs> good actor, good good enough career, right? Fine, but he was like. The third man out on every big movie from 81 to 95. I would say even earlier, but like sure. I had the same reaction, Brendan. When I saw his name, I'm like, this guy, apparently he either had an awesome publicist or people just believed he was going to be it. Because if you look at movies from that range, like he was up for everything. But that's what I mean. Like, his publicist thought he was good and he got into the, into the room, Yeah, but he never got the part. Like either he's bad at acting or uh, I don't know. He, he farts while he's in there or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> really? But... You go there, huh? 
<laughs> I don't know why he's not getting these parts. Uh, Sam Shepard, Bruce Boxleitner, Don Johnson from Miami mm-hmm. Vice. Uh, and this one, I don't believe, but I'll just say it. Uh, David Hasselhoff. Oh, I saw Sam Neill. Sam Neill without the mustache has to be, <laughs> right? The mustache is too overwhelming for this what? movie. What? Sam Neill? Oh, <laughs> I'm thinking of Sam, Sam Elliott. Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Sam Neill, I don't think he has one, but I'm like, I know, I'm like, what? Sam like, Neill, I can see. I'm like, I am racking my brain on what movie this dude had a mustache. I in. like Sam Neill in this. All right. Sam Elliott. What am I thinking? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the most crazy thing I've ever Sam Shepard, Sam Neill, Sam Elliott. Oh, my gosh. Sam. Sometimes you eat the bar. Sometimes the bar eats you. Sam, I am. You have a good sarsaparilla? All right. Uh, it is everyone's favorite. Game, it is time for recast or bait. Better close the door. It's time to recast or bait. All right, we have Indiana Jones, Marion Ravenwood, Sala, who just goes by one name, and Renee Belloc, Beloche, whatever you want to call him. We call him Beloche. We also have Major Arnold Ernst Tote. Yeah. Uh, Air Mac. Air Mac. I love Air Mac. Uh, and if you want, I mean, you, anybody and everybody may have wild cards of like Brody or Satipo or whoever, but uh, deal with that later. I found this extraordinarily easy. I had easy for some, less easy for others. I but. feel like everything is such a archetype that right. you couldn't really go wrong too much. Right. Now, I didn't go this route, but full disclosure, I almost went, I almost did the all black cast option of, uh-huh. of Indiana Jones. I struggled with that. And, and then I, couldn't I couldn't find an indie that I liked. I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out an indie that I really wanted. So I don't crap. love my indies, and I feel like I do feel like you know. Again, one of the references to it being sort of out of tune a little bit is I don't think it was like overtly racist, but there was like a something about like dismissal of this country that they were in, you know. So it, it just like it was hard to see the other um, like a like an all black cast or something like that in my mind yeah i mean yeah hence i didn't do it so <laughs> let's start with uh indiana jones jr <clears throat> junior uh i'll start i had three and i had four really but uh i'll do three and then i'll i'll throw my fourth out later okay. and not and try not to ruin everybody else's. Now, my number three, it, and Rob will make fun of me for this, but I do try and stick as close as I can to the age range as possible. So if someone's 32, I'm not going to pick somebody who's 52. But if you're in the ballpark, fine. Uh, so Indiana Jones, I go with Ryan Reynolds as my number three. Hmm. 
I had him. Hurts? Not for uh, me. Not my top three, but I had him. Yeah, I think number two is a guy who has been considered for the, as the new Indiana Jones uh, potential movies. Uh, has been his name has been out there for years on this, but he hasn't done it yet, or probably won't do it at this point. Uh, would be Chris Pratt as Indiana mm. Jones. And then my number one, I think it's an easy layup, is Ryan Gosling. I think he nails it. He gets the comedy, the action, everything else. Uh, I think he works. I think, yeah, I had him too. He's pretty good. He, he wasn't my number one, but it, he's kind of got that uh, that look. Yeah, he's like a little mini. He was, he was in... Uh, uh, Blade Runner 2049 with uh, uh, Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. So there's a crossover there. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Okay. Eric, good. Um, so there won't be that many, because there won't be that many surprises, I guess, uh, with mine. It's similar to yours. I had, I, um, I, I had, Three, um, my number three, but I quickly dismissed was Chris Evans. I didn't really think much of that. Yeah. My number two, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And then my number one, I also had Ryan Gosling, who I thought was a no-brainer for Indiana Jones. Yeah, dog. I do like the Gyllenhaal one, too. That works. I think that's good. So I had a... <laughs> I had a lot of different ones and pick your favorite in, three. I know. <laughs> Interestingly, none of the ones that have been mentioned were ones that were on my list. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I was kind of surprised about that. I am shocked by that. Yeah. Cause I had to scratch off a few. So, um, I've got, uh, Jamie Dornan mm-hmm. as, um, my number three. Yeah. Number two, um, who's also been suggested as a uh, Sammy Davis Jr. replacement, which is Zac Efron. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Were you there for that, Nash? I, I believe so. <laughs> Joel, in the Cannonball Run episode, Joel... Recast. Wanted to recast Sammy Davis Jr. with Zach Efron. <laughs> it was inspired. It was inspired. It's so great. Good Christ. So I got him. I think the the person I like the personality the most for Indiana Jones would be Sebastian Stan. Oh yeah. I like that. Okay. He's good. That's a good one. I thought Garrett... Did you do three? I did three. Hold your All right. stuff until we finish out. Okay. Andy. I can guarantee Robbie didn't pick mine. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, Nash? Um, I have to say some have been mentioned. Um, so the, the one that's probably too old, I thought John Hamm could do it, but he's too old. A little mm-hmm. too old. Um, I thought Henry uh, Cavill or Cavill could do it. After the fact, I thought about that as well. I, I, I mean, I thought, I mean, Gosling and General Hall, I think that works. 
I but I settled on Joseph Gordon Levitt. Huh. Wow. Hmm. That's not bad. I thought he'd have to beef up a little bit and get a little bit more scruffy. But yeah. I the quick wit would be there. Yeah. I do like him as an actor just in general. Yeah. A lot. The I had one extra that I didn't didn't make my top three would have been Tom Hiddleston. Oh, I have him somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. he's always around. He could go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I had Garrett Hedlund, who was in the Tron. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and then my standby is always Army Hammer, but he's a he totally messed up in real life, so I don't think he's getting casted. I don't know what his story is and what the deal is with him. He's... I don't. He's I, having, yeah, he's lots of, uh, well, we don't need to get into that <laughs> this podcast. All right. Needless to say, it's going to be a while before he gets cast with a female That's character, I think. Uh, okay, Marion Ravenwood. I have three, and I have two backups that I'll throw out there. All right, I only have three. <clears throat> uh, so my number three is Alicia Vikander. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know um, Alicia Vikander. From the most recent Tomb Raider, uh, also uh, Ex, Ex Machina. Yeah. A man from Uncle. Man from Uncle. Uncle. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then, so my number two and number one are actresses. I almost always try to avoid for these, and I put them both in here because I think wow. they both work and that is jennifer lawrence oh my god you love to catch number two i haven't used her i i almost never have her come on and then my number one i think just fits perfectly would be emma stone oh i think she's a good solid marianne uh rob you go next so i thought emma too i thought she'd be good but um I thought um, it's hard. It's unfair for her, but Kira Knightley has already kind of done this character in a little yeah. bit of a way. But I thought she could almost do this well too. Um, Gal Gadot, I thought would be good, although different. And then I thought um, Lapido uh, Nyong'o. Or oh, oh, that's an Nyong'o. interesting one. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I, I, do like that one. I do think Gal Gadot would crush your Joseph Gordon-Levitt Indiana Jones, though. Oh, uh, yeah, that's funny. That's a funny mashup. That wouldn't work, right? He'd be like, <laughs> like come on. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a great point. Okay, I want to cast uh, Seth Rogen as uh, Indy. Then. Oh. <laughs> Weight-wise, I mean, you know. That's not terrible, though. I mean, that's a different movie, but... I, I can like that a little bit. Uh, Eric, what's your indie? What's your um, uh, I had a couple, two, um, two, I'm not, or I have three, two of them I was never too excited about, but I do, I'm kind of, I like my, uh, my number one, uh, Brie Larson and Scarlett Johansson. But then, uh, I I wanted a Marion that I could imagine throwing a good punch because I love when sure. she just decks Indy the first time she sees him. Yeah. And uh, I went with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead 
She was oh, that's a good Ramona one. from Scott Pilgrim, and she was oh. Lucy McLean in yeah. the last two Die Hard movies. <laughs> oh I love that's, that's the one you pulled out. That's great. Yeah. I like that one. That's a good one. Al? Um, so I've got Mackenzie Davis, who was in The Martian as the mm-hmm. one who discovered oh, he was like still her. alive. Yeah, she's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, also in Blade Runner 2049. Oh, all right. There you go. Yeah. Um, I've got Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. I saw that too. And then my number one is Alexandra Daddario. Okay. Uh, Okay. I paid to see it, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I had two backups for Marianne that I want to throw out there. Mm -hmm. One almost made my number one, and then she didn't make my top three. Wow. So I was all in or all out was Daisy Ridley. Oh. And then the other one, I might have been reaching, uh, Kristen Stewart. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I don't love that one. So that's why I make it. Okay. Sala. Our man Sala. Um, Oh, I don't know where to start on this one. I, again, have three and then a bonus one. Wow. But, uh, this, if you're going to cast him, you put Tom Hardy in this one. <laughs> you put you Tom Hardy and Sala. <laughs> I would not do that, but that's where I'm putting him. I would have put, I, if I were to cast him, he goes somewhere else. I know. I, I didn't think that would work. Uh, my number two is Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. And my number one is Riz Ahmed. Yeah, that's who I had. Yeah. From, uh, what's the... Uh, Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal. Um, that'd be a great one for him. I like Sasha Baron Cohen as... You, you can also hear the big personality come out, do the little oh. song at he, the dock. and he could He could just do a... a a John Reese Davies impersonation. Bad date. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric. Let's, let's do Eric first. Changing it up. Um, I got three. Two of them are similar. One of them is completely different. I'll go with the completely different first. Um, someone who actually could... W- Big personality that actually could look like he's the best digger in Egypt and maybe even look a little more uh, like he's from Egypt. A little strange, but maybe totally, like I said, totally different. Uh, Jason Momoa. (laughs) It's not bad. I like that. Um, And then the other two that fall more in the line of like John Reese Davies being sort of just like the British transplant out of out of England into Egypt. Um, two names: uh, Nick Frost, and then I like him. Um, somebody else. I, I don't even know if you guys know who this guy is, but uh, Matt Barry. I don't he's know. Uh, 
British comedian. He did a show on the uh, like Toast of London, uh, sort of bit like that big sort of jovial voice, a lot of comedy kind of kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. That's who I have. Let me see him. Give a picture. Let's. No. All right. Uh, Nash, give us a sala. Um. Oh I'm, yeah. I, Very I awesome. I wasn't overly committed. Uh, I thought um, Maz Drabani, who's a comedian, um, Middle Eastern comedian. I think he's funny. He could do it. I thought Tony Shalhoub could do it, but that seems kind of um, predictable. But my main guy is DJ Khaled. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, it would be great. Yeah, I I'm not a fan, but I I'm not a fan either. But I just think that he's like cheesy enough to be this guy. Yeah, yeah that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny. All right, Alan, give us a sala. I know I, I, I picked, you are, they've already picked, you've already picked mine. Okay, I have one bit of stunt casting for Sala. Okay, Charlie Day. <laughs> oh my god! Shut up. I, I think he actually can do it, but no. Yeah. Part of me thought you were going to say Tilda Swinton. <laughs> so, Renee Belloc. <laughs> my cutting room floor has Tilda Swinton on it. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I didn't pick her, and that, then I thought about last night. I'm like, that would actually kind of be cool if, she, if somebody like her was doing that part. I had more quality candidates for this position than anything. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. So I'm going to, I'll do mine quickly and get out of the way. Uh, I stuck very strictly to the fact that he's French. So I picked all French actors. Uh, My number three is Omar Sy. He's black actor in Lupin. He was in Inferno with Tom Hanks, Jurassic World. Uh, he was also uh, one of the guys in uh, the Days of Future Past, one of the X Men deals. Uh, black guy, yeah, whatever. Right. Black guy, gotcha. Yeah, uh, he's French. He's great. Number two, he's too old, but I'm putting him in there anyway. Uh, Vincent Castle. That's who. Yeah, that was. Oh, oh. yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Is yeah. awesome. He yeah. he's, he's got to be this character. Right. Yeah. He's fantastic. My number one, I think. I like even better than Tilda Swinton, Marion Cotillard. Oh. French. Oh. Right age, right temperament. Good. At least she, she can nail it. All right, Al, you do yours next. <clears throat> well, you took my Vincent Castle. Um, yeah, he was an easy one, I think. I've got uh, Paul Bettany. So I kind of went like different. Um, so the fact that it was friend, a French guy teaming up with the Germans, so I was trying to think of like other ally, allied <laughs> countries that wow. would be an unusual pairing. So I went British. I didn't even think of the allies version of it. Yeah. You don't consider so, geopolitics when you make it. 
Well, because it was odd that he is a French guy working with the Germans. Like makes, I, I've I've been I've thought about that for years. It makes total sense, and I've never given it one that iota. He had of completely thought. sold out to fucking Frenchman. I know. Um, so I've got Paul Bettany, uh, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, yeah. So I had him, and then my number one. Um, instead of Vincent Castle is Jude Law. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. yeah, solid. Uh, Eric, how about your uh, Beloche? All right. Um, yeah, I I, I kind of did the same route as Allison. I didn't really have. I didn't lean into the. Uh, any uh french actors but i got all all everybody on my list is european um <laughs> i did have tilda swinton on my list at <laughs> I mean, um, about it but she works in almost every movie yeah um i considered uh killian murphy Ooh, that's good yeah that's really good um good. i like that one uh, Daniel Craig. Oh, tad old, but it doesn't matter if that role. Who cares? Yeah. Um, tad old. He's in his fifties. And then the yeah, one that I th- I think one my number one is uh is Daniel Bruhl. Yeah. He's um Zemo. Zemo. Yeah. Zemo. From uh, Winter Soldier. Oh. Or, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. He he's a good. He has to be a bad guy in everything he's in. So yeah. 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 Uh, Rob, Belloc. So I thought Sasha Baron Cohen could yeah. almost exclusively based on uh, Talladega Nights. I know. I thought about that too. Who talks to Indiana and says, "Fuck you." Um, I also like Vincent Castle. I thought that was really good. But two other ones. It, well, I can't. I can't always limit myself. Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Mm, I don't know if he really works, but put him on there. And uh, Jean Reno. I thought, but he's too old. But for the oh, lady, Jean Reno. Oh, yeah. Jean Reno. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Kate Blanchett. <laughs> I thought Gene Reno. I know. It's like a Chicago. I thought it was somebody else. I'm like, who is, who is that? I thought it was the, the guy from uh, Bridgerton. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, oh, Jean Reno? Yeah. The 60-year-old French Jean guy? Reno, wasn't she the attorney general? I know. I know. That's a woman you play blackjack next to at two in the morning. At, at <laughs> I'm Gene Reno. Double down. When does the buffet open? <laughs> Can you comp my breakfast? Gene Reno. So she says, this is what she says. <laughs> <laughs> and then I says Excuse me young man Should I split kings <laughs> Oh man 
my new favorite character of all time. <laughs> this is the, the best one we've had in years. It's great. What a sports <laughs> Oh my god. Gene Reno wears a visor 24-7. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of big floral blouses. <laughs> Fucking she's wearing Birkenstocks and a visor. <laughs> All the time. She's got a big novelty drink that she carries around. Absolutely, she does. <laughs> She's wearing shorts, overalls, with just oh. one strap hook. And a fanny pack. <laughs> oh, my God. She's Melissa McCarthy is what she, we're Ooh. talking about, right? Yeah. I'm recasting oh, Gene Reno as Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> hey, Gene Reno, he would be a good guy in that role. Yeah, it's uh, Melissa McCarthy's alter ego when she was undercover in Spy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why am I wearing reading glasses in a driver's license photo? Oh, Rob, what was the name of that uh, corrupt politician in Cicero, the woman? Betty Loren Maltese. Thank you. That's Jean Reno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Penny <laughs> Lauren Maltese is Gene Reno <laughs> coming this July to theaters near you. Oh, that's so great. All right. Uh, did you finish? Where are we? What happened? Oh, I can throw out 27 more if you want, but I, I, I passed out for about five minutes. So I don't know what just happened. Helen Mirren could do it, oh. Sophie Marceau. All right. Let's move on to the Nazi uh, Ma- Major Arnold Ernst Blofeld. No, uh, Tote. I'll go first. Uh, I have three, and only three. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, oh. uh, who played It and whatever yeah. else he's done. I can't remember. Um, uh, Eric, this is where I have Daniel Bruhl, uh, the Zemo character. I think he's he nails uh, Major Tote. I had him in both places. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I'm finally putting this guy in. I always forget about him. But my number one is Michael Fassbender. Ooh. He's my uh, Nazi de jure. He finally remembered. Yeah. He's delighted to be cast as a Nazi. Well, he, he played a Nazi killer in uh, uh, the Tarantino movie. Uh, and glorious bastards and X Men. Uh, Allison, give us your Nazi dude. So I've got Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. what? Why would you do that to Sam Rockwell? I don't know. Because I think he could play like a complete. Does he have to shave the top of his head? <laughs> I don't feel like he's evil enough. What? <laughs> Go on. Uh, number two, I've, he might be a little bit old, but I'm going to say Michael Sheen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And number one... I thought you were going to say Mr. Bean for a minute. No. That was, that's a different movie. <laughs> that is a different movie. Uh, number one is Evan Peters, who plays Quicksilver. Oh, okay. 
I saw oh. a photo of him with like dark hair and it's kind of slicked back. It didn't even look like him. I know. And looked like a total creep show. And he's, I thought that would be perfect for this character. He's good. Kind of a chameleon. I mean, he yeah. was in Tenet. I mean, he's... I like that guy. He's yeah. good. I, I, um... When I came across his, his picture... I didn't realize who it was. Like it, it yeah, looks yeah, yeah. so different. I'm like, I gotta figure out. Like this is my guy, but I don't know what he's been in to be able to reference it. And then I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. god, it's. I expect him to drop out of nowhere in some movie with a major role of some yeah. sort, and everybody would be like, whoa, this guy's legit. Yeah. yeah. I think he's. I think he's good. I think he'd be. Good yeah. Uh, Eric, give us a major tote. Um, this is where, this is where I put Tom Hardy. Yeah. But I thought about, I thought it was my people. Yeah. Um, like I said, I did have Daniel Brühl in there. He was the other place I had him in here. Uh, certainly. Um, I considered Mads Mikkelsen. (laughs) That's a good one. I like that one. Oh, that was my number one, Eric. Oh yeah. (laughs) Fucking Icelandic. Uh, and then um, I think who was my number I I was this one and Mads Mikkelsen were kind of one and one A um, but he might have really kind of also played this part before uh, but Christoph Waltz (laughs) oh I definitely thought about him at one point damn it I have to follow Eric (laughs) Christoph Waltz you know who would be a good uh, tote? Who? Tarantino. He's way too old, but sorry. He's he's, 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 he's creepy enough. He's got that weird head. He's too tall. <laughs> yeah. I think he's even more disturbing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nash. Well, I mean, Mads Mikkelsen was my number one. I'll, I'll cut right to the chase. I yeah. thought he was the best one for it. I um, also Walt, so that like, how could you go wrong there? I didn't yeah. want to be uh, repetitive with Ralph Fiennes, but he was a Nazi in another Spielberg influenced movie. Right. So. Uh, yeah, I see him. Yeah. yeah, and then I thought Tobin Bell, who's like the bad guy from the jig, like Jigsaw, you know, Saw oh. movies. <laughs> I thought he yeah. was creepy. Yeah. Yeah, that character is, he's got a very, like, frog-like oh, kind of... Oh, that's the perfect description of what his face is. Find a, kind of, like, how his mouth moves and his voice is, like, frog he has, he has six too many teeth. Yeah. That's, it, it, I don't know what's happening there, Let but, me yeah. show you what I am used to. <laughs> he's <laughs> fucking Smeagol is what he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You're fired. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I could do this all night. I didn't know what we were doing. What's going on over there? Uh, a major tone uh, impression contest. <laughs> Goes right along with my bane. <laughs> well, we'll tackle that later. Did anybody have any uh, bonus ones like Brody or Satipo or anything else you wanted to add otherwise no. No. Good. I did not great 
Uh, memorable scenes and quotable lines. Um, it's just my pet snake, Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> Start the plane, Jacques. <laughs> Snake in the plane, Jock! Oh, that's just my pet snake, Reggie! I hate snake, Jock! I hate him! We have I, uh, it, top I didn't appreciate it. I didn't appreciate it until uh, later in life, the last couple of years, but the whole, the bit with the mirror when Marion spins it around oh, and yeah. <laughs> catches him right on the jaw is absolutely hilarious. What'd you say? Yeah. And one of, something that will always make me laugh is when, like, there's, like, something happens and then they pull way back and you hear like the person scream, or you yeah. see oh, yeah. an off in the distance. That kills me. I, I, that she that kills me every time. With the that mirror, and then the, yeah, the, the, it's the like the scene like the whole boat. way outside yeah. the submarine, and then she's like, "What? What'd you say?" Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <clears throat> I mean, there's there's all the stunts, right? So him going under the truck, memorable scene. Yeah, flipping around behind. The whole truck scene's great. I love it. Yeah, except for all the... Except for a truck without MB. Well, and the multiple flaws in strategy. I mean, like, just put the brakes on for the front car and you could have yeah. got the whole thing, but... Well, of, of course, you know, again, talking memorable scenes is the very end with the melting faces. Yeah. That was, like, a huge special effects deal. And I've... I don't know if anybody else has seen, but I've seen a number of different videos of people recreating that uh, where they melt the, they build a figure out of wax and they melt it with a heat gun and time yeah, lapse it. over time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. That's a good one. That's a good one. <gasps> you go first. <laughs> bad dates. Yeah, bad dates is a good one. I mentioned earlier the frying pan scene with that, yeah. um, like that whole fight scene. I get... Apparently, it took, like, two weeks to, like, coordinate and shoot that whole sequence. Well, and kind of go, and going back to, like, the entire, like, shoot, like, it was supposed to take six weeks or something like that. And it was so effing hot that they, like, were able, they just accelerated, got it done in, like, four and a half weeks. Like, because yeah. people were like, yeah, well, let's just keep going so we can get the heck out of here. Yeah, hopefully that was George Lucas telling Spielberg, like, dude, I shot Star Wars here and it's death. We got to yeah. get out of here. Like, yeah. pronto. I, yeah. I mean, but back to like how like so many other films and big, you know, blockbusters were like connected. I do think this movie also like introduced like you had to be funny too. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. had to have big laughs yeah. in addition to like whatever else you're doing. Because I just remember movies from then on sort of, even if it was somewhat of a drama, there always had to be like two or three signature big laughs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do enjoy the, the Nepal bar, uh, bar fight yeah. scene when, you know, whiskey and smashes the guy yeah. over the head. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, that's something, that's something we didn't bring up. Uh, the giant Sherpa that 
Indy fights in the bar is also the same guy that's the big mechanic that he fights. Oh, uh, at the plane, it's the the old timey boxer. Yeah, yeah, and he's uh, and that same actor is also he's in Temple of Doom. He's the main guard that he fights. Big guard that he fights uh, in in the the mines or whatever, and he's on the conveyor belt. He does also have a small part in Last Crusade. I don't think he actually, he doesn't actually fight him, but he is there. Oh, fantastic. That's good trivia. Big, pasty wrestler, dude. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that scene's good. Um, Obviously, the whole snake situation uh oh yes sorry this i meant to bring this up earlier i'm cutting into this because we're almost at the end uh and eric brought this up in text earlier this week or last week maybe um the whole idea brought up by the big bang theory uh that is all over the internet these days if you want to look for it the idea that the character of Indiana Jones is inconsequential and pointless for the plot of the movie. If you take him out of the movie, the movie still happens top to bottom, or at least all the big plot points happen. Without Indy, they still find the Ark, they still open it, and the Nazis still die. Like yeah, all, all the major things that happen in the movie happen regardless of what whether Indy's there or not. They're digging in the wrong place. They would have found that eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would have had, yeah, and they would have gotten the actual headpiece to the staff of Ra rather than having just the wrong right. side, the one with the wrong right. side. Right, they would have gotten it from Oh, I see, Marion. Right? That, that's like saying any movie that had a cell phone, what, what the plot would fall apart. I'm just, this is something that's out in the ether. I'm just bringing it up amongst you knuckleheads. It's just Uh, one of the, yeah, one of those internet things going around that doesn't really. Yeah, it's, this is not a, a a foolproof plan here. This is just theoretically, I mean, uh, looking at it as an anecdote, if you take Indy out of the movie, the the whole, essentially the whole movie still happens. Yeah. uh, Almost without. (laughs) Without a, a, a hitch at all. Interesting. Now, the Ark doesn't get recovered by the U.S. and put in a storage facility, but uh, who knows, right? Yeah. Top men. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. The, uh, the fighting of the... By the way, that was also a John Wayne impression. I don't know if you caught that. I did. I try not to. (laughs) (laughs) As you were saying that, I heard your hip go out of socket right there. (laughs) Trying to walk like you. I'm confusing my my people here. I'm making this up. Uh, Yeah, the shooting of the, uh, the swordman. Swordsman, that's an iconic yeah. scene oh, yeah. that's going to be in every uh, tribute to this one, this movie. Uh, all right, let's move on. Okay. We all know the movie. All right. Uh, what, just one more fun fact. It's more, uh, maybe even be more edible trivia than uh, anything else. But um, in the 
voluminous number of video cassettes that are in the Edelblut house. It's almost the equivalent of the uh, the warehouse at the end of the movie. You put something in there and it never comes out again. Yes. But uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark in our number sequence was number one. It was the first... This is the so, very first video in our list of Eric, video video cassettes. Give us all, just give us a, an idea of how many VHS tapes. Oh my gosh! Your parents had in your house. I I, I believe I, you numbered them. So, what's the yeah, approximate number? I remember it going over. <laughs> I remember it going over. 700. Uh, God almighty. Get out of here. <laughs> Good Lord. But that being said, I don't know if that... Yeah, yeah, that was... Yeah, that would be the number of tapes. Well, my- at one point, at one point, they did start to get thinned out, but they're still scattered all over the house. And you right? have to know that not all of them were store-bought. Right, so right. some of... But some of them therefore had multiple movies on one cassette. So like it'd be taped off of television because where we grew up, there was no cable. So this was how we saw most movies was either buying them on VHS or recording them off of television. So if if number one is Raiders of the Lost Ark, number two is Gus, right? No, three. Three, I'm pretty (laughs) sure. Right. Yeah. I think it's Greece, isn't it? I don't remember what number two is. It's Greece. It's, it's it might have been Sound of Music. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's got to be Sound of Music, right? Come on. I don't know. I think it was Greece. All right. Okay. Let's wrap it up with the How Much Are They Worth game. Let's do it. And now, let's play the How Much Are They Worth game. Our contenders for the night are uh, John Reese davies a.k.a. Sala, Karen Allen, Marion, Harrison Ford, Indy, and then I threw in the two uh, big shots, uh, wow. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Oh, boy. Whoa. Wow, Lottie, yeah. I Do we re- Does anybody... Re- we would have done Spielberg for Jaws, right? That's the fun of this, is that we never remember what we did the previous Yeah, I, I definitely don't remember. <laughs> I love all of us right here for that, and no one yeah. None of us remember. I don't remember. I could do this exact same lineup for the next podcast, and nobody would know the difference. <laughs> no, we have a memory of goldfish. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Uh, okay, John Reese davies There he is. Okay. Uh, he's got that Lord of the Rings money. He's in all three of those. Shogun money. Gimli. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shogun. <laughs> Shogun. <laughs> hey, Shogun got him Sala. Spielberg right. saw him in Shogun and said, I want him for Sala. All right. Okay. Carry the one. Uh, I don't. All right, I got a number. I got one. I'm doing this without looking him up either, so uh, that's how I roll. <clears throat> um, 
Um, I'm going to say... All right, I have a number, you have a number. Yep. You guys have numbers? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rob Nash, give me a number for John Reese Davies. Nine million. Okay, Rob, nine. I've got 19. Al? 15. Eric? I also say 15. Oh, we are surprisingly close together. Okay, John Reese Davies is a Welsh actor who has a net worth of $5 million. Takes it. <laughs> Rob Nash, winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's disappointing. I would, th- I would think he was worth more than that. After all the Lord of the Rings, yeah. I feel like yeah. he should have probably just tried index funds. <laughs> Maybe we have to convert that to euro, and it's, it's like $8 million. Yeah. All right. Uh, Karen Allen. Karen Allen. Doink. So I'm off the top of my head, I've got her in... Raiders, and then the last, the Crystal Skull uh, Indiana Jones, which was a travesty. I've got her in Animal House, and I've got her in uh, Scrooged with Bill Murray. Anything else high profile? Um, um, Starman. That was Starman. Holy shit. Um. <laughs> Blue Bloods? Right. Yeah. Small bits in uh, Malcolm X and the Sandlot. Malcolm X. Uh, Eric, it's showing that she was in Shaka Zulu, The Citadel, 2001. Must be a sequel. It is, yeah. Starring Grace Jones. Okay, I don't know what to make of that, but yeah, I've got a number. I've got a number. You guys got numbers? Oh, she said Malcolm X. I don't remember that. Oh, no, I don't. Uh, oh, the Sandlot. Oh yeah, <laughs> the Sandlot. Eric, give us a number. Five million. Uh, Rob, I'm going higher. Sixteen million. Al, ten. And I've got nine. Mm. Karen Allen. Oh, somebody hit it on the nose. She's an American actress who has a net worth of ten million dollars. Oh. So Allison gets two. Wow, you're up two to one already. Fine. <laughs> All right. Oh, Harrison Ford. Mr. Harrison Ford. Man, I don't know man, if he's man. been in very many movies, though. <laughs> I haven't seen much of his work. 
Oh, wait. You know, it. this is a question that, like, it can blow your mind either way. Like, did he sign bad deals or good deals or? If, if you said a billion dollars, I wouldn't shake a stick at it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, fine, great. I, I, that's entirely believable. So he was in The Secret Life of Pets 2. Well, I mean, that puts him over the top. But I mean, Brennan, I could also see him only being worth like $200 million. I know. What happened? Oh, I think there's a world where he's under 100 I don't think. That can't possibly be true. I, I, he's... I, I, I don't know is the answer. Uh, Cowboys and aliens. He's been married three times. Oh, yeah. His wife wrote E.T. <laughs> he has an affinity. Uh, he likes planes. I don't know if that affects anything or not. He's had a couple. Had a couple of wrecks, right? Yep. Near tragedies. I think it's low. I'm gonna go low. I'm going low. I'm going low. Yeah. What was his first movie? Like, what was his first acting credit? Do we know? Just out of curiosity. American Graffiti, right? Was that his first one? I believe so. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but. I was going to say Blade Runner 2049, but no, not his first. Or uh, The Force Awakens, was that his first one? Mm-hmm. No. I have a number. Boys, you have a number? I do. Eric, you have a number? Al, you have a number? I do. All right. Al, you go first. Uh, 225. <laughs> See, I made a mistake. I went, <laughs> I went way too low. I, uh, I went 126. Mm. For some reason, I don't think he had huge... He fucking had to have huge paydays. What am I talking about? Mm. Uh, Nash, number? 169. Hmm. Mm. Eric? Uh-oh. Uh, Eric? We can't hear you, Eric, if you're online. Oh, sorry. Uh, 250? <laughs> See, that's where I thought I was going to go, and I didn't. Oh, my God. I feel bad about it. Okay. Mr. Harrison Ford. Okay. Uh, Harrison Ford is an American actor, aviator, pilot, although is that the same thing or not, uh, and producer with a net worth of $300 million. What the mother hell? Uh, Eric takes that one. I mean, again, I guess now you think about it, like, well, of course that's right, but... I thought that was too... so much money. I thought that was... I mean, that was my initial thought, but I'm like, no. But you never think of him as, like, you know, one of those mover-shaker actors who, like, gets 
production company and then starts doing his own thing, you know? He's a guy who I always think of, like, he takes well under what he could get just because he wants to do it or he wants to, he doesn't, he doesn't negotiate. He just does quick little things and no, clearly not. He's no. taking the, the max. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, okay. Got two juggernauts. A little boutique uh, director, little independent guy called Steve Spielberg. I believe it's pronounced Spielberg. Spielberg. Oh, Berg. He must be German, right? Oh, wait. Uh, oh, my God. See this? I don't know what this number is. Um, so he made American Graffiti, Jaws, and Raiders, and that's it, right? Nothing else big. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Everything was huge. Everything was big. I don't know how director pay works. I don't either, but... Well, I, I, you have to assume, like, everything beyond maybe this movie, he was an investor. You know, he wasn't just getting paid. He was, like, owning upside of the movie. See, now I, I got to change that number. I don't know what to do with this guy. I mean, you got to believe he had ownership in everything from E.T. beyond. He had, didn't he, was, was he Jurassic Park also? Yeah. Yep. Schindler's List and Pacific Sun. And I've written down an unbelievable number. Saving Private I Ryan think, and the series that all the stuff that have yeah. come off of that. Schindler's List and all the tangents off of that. He was a producer on all the Transformer movies. Oh my God. Men in see, Black. What? Yeah, I'm just scrolling through yeah. his producer credits right now and they're insane. Yeah, but you're missing even it's that. everything. He owned a studio that produced... Right. Dozens of films. Right. 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 I mean, I, he's like another one where you can do like, producer credits. I put down a ridiculous number and I'm afraid that I'm too low. I feel like it's hard to say. Like, what is he worth versus what is he's like involved in? Um, so he had, okay, let's, let's talk a, about a couple of his director movies well uh, what go ahead i'm not gonna do like the indiana jones <laughs> i'm gonna know. do like catch me if you can minority report um uh of course Schindler's list hook empire of the sun eric that's a big one the color purple that had huge broadway <laughs> Also, I'm sure he's he the biggest, most that. successful director of all time. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the answer. So, I have a number. All right, I got one. I've, I'm I'm going to stick with what I originally wrote. Um, Eric, what do you have? Um, I'm going to say seven hundred million. God damn it! Oh, oh. I'm, oh my God. I'm 
woefully below that. I had four hundred and one million. Oh, I'm even worse. I've got three seventy five. We're talking about Steven Spielberg, right? <laughs> I'm know. not Scorseseing me. I don't out of know this one. what to do with this guy. And the next one's even worse. No. Here, all right, is it my turn? Yes. I think this is low. I feel like this is in inadequately low. Say twelve billion dollars. <laughs> One point <laughs> six billion. Oh. Exactly. I Thank hope, you, Coop. I hope this is off by a billion. <laughs> Come on, make this happen. We need a new reigning champion. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. <laughs> this is a number. I cannot. Can't do it. Believe this number, I'm so shocked. My joking number was Can I can I tell you I I I have to say this. I almost said 3.2 billion. Okay, 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 okay. Everybody just hang on, everyone calm down, because this is ridiculous. Let's say you said 3.2 billion dollars. Yes. You're off by $4.3 billion. No, I'm not. What? Steve Spielberg has a net worth of $7.5 billion. Yes. What? <laughs> that can't be right. This is the site we're going with. This is what we always go with. Billion? Seven? Oh, my gosh. No, see, I mean, I guess if I can find my way to three... Why can't I get to seven? I guess. I don't know. I said 375 million. Yeah, you are terrible. <gasps> Robert. I said 401, so I'm only slightly better than that. You guys, add up. I know. But, it, but I know. I know. I know. But he could have lost money on some sure of this stuff. I don't know. Not like. Uh, he gave some of his money to Bernie Madoff. <laughs> yeah, no. He. He lost money to Bernie Madoff or whatever, and he's still worth 7.5. Let's assume that's true for the moment. I mean, that feels like a ticket sales number and not according uh, net worth. I don't know. What to no, I mean, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. Rob wins it being off by... Six, Six billion, billion dollars. No, I told myself I'm like 3.2 is my number, and then you guys went, and I'm like, all right, I got to cut in half. My God, that is amazing. And I was still off. All right. Rob has, got- Rob's won two, and Allison has won two. Eric's won one, and I'm, I've won zero. That's how it should be. Uh, so this is the tiebreaker, essentially. George Lucas. George Washington Lucas. So this would be another monster number. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, Spielberg has to be, I mean, it's got to be in that, that rotate, like that orbit, you know? But so if, yeah, I can see it when, way higher. I remember when, he, when George Lucas sold everything to Disney, mm. that was like $6 billion right there. 
He owns, I, I think, now this, I, I don't know if this was included in the sale to Disney, but he may still own the merchandising rights to Star Wars. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but he, up until the sale, he certainly did. And that's where he got a bulk of his money, a lot of his money, all of it. I have no fucking idea. But if you, if you gave me yeah. 1% of the Lego portion of right. the Star Wars contract, I would kill you dead. We've spent $2.6 on Star Wars just in this house. <laughs> I will say his IMDb is a lot of bandit, bandit, colon, bandit, bandit. Like, there is just so much Star Wars. My favorite. Um, yeah, it's all, I mean, that's it's insane. so, that's what I mean, he, there are hundreds of credits. He had an idea for a story, and the story became an industry. Yeah. I mean, I, I am surprised by the Spielberg number. So I'm like, how how close? Or, because there was a lull. I mean, the the original machine kept going, but the you know, like original film production, kind of died off for Lucas for a long time. But he was still making hand money hand no, over. I know, but Spielberg's always been a he's always had a piece of a, you know a bunch of things. Um. Man, I can't decide. But Eric, you said it. I mean, I think the one thing was six. Yeah. Imagine how much money that Spielberg made on Raiders and George Lucas owned it. Yeah. (laughs) He He was paying essentially Spielberg's salary. Lucas makes money. I have a dumb number. I can't even believe this. I have a dumb number. How do I? And it's only six figures. Oh, wait. Just kidding. All right. I'll do mine first. I haven't gone first yet. You have a number, Al? Yes. I, since Steve was 7.5 I was gonna double it and go 15 but I'm going 12 12 billion Al what do you got 8 billion Eric 9 billion Mm. Eric 9 billion Rob Nash I'm right there at 8.6. Jerk. Oh, I went high this time. All right. Georgie boy. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, they have some anecdotes in here, so I'm going to say those before I say his number. He is best known for creating the Star Wars and Indiana Jones franchises, which have generated north of $12 billion in global box office ticket sales. He's also founder of the production company Lucasfilm and the technical effects company Industrial Light and Magic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, George Lucas has, is a writer, director, and producer, and, and businessman. 
He has a car wash and a dry cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> he sells candy bars door to door. Uh, with a net worth of ten billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm at twelve. What, what did we say? Under always wins. So Allison wins. No, uh, Eric wins that one. Damn it! I missed it. That's a lot of money. We have for the first time ever a three-way tie. Wow! So. Guess what you get? We're gonna do. I'm not doing the actor for Belloc. Sorry. We've already done John Williams before, right? Yeah. Although I don't remember what the answer was. I believe I thought John Williams was uh, worth more than one billion. Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. It is. Alfred Molina. Well. If this, this was one, his first uh, role, I mean, he's been rolling for a long time. Yeah. I don't feel he's like... Got that, he's got some Spider-Man money. Raiders of the Lost oh. Ark, prick up your ears. The Man Who Knew Too Little, Spider-Man 2, Maverick, Species, Not Without My Daughter, Chocolat, Frida, Steam Boy, I don't know what that is, The Hoax, yeah, Prince of Persia, uh, the Da Vinci Code, uh, nice. the Little Trader, and Education, the Sorcerer's uh, Apprentice, whatever the hell. He has lots of stuff. Nice. He's the front runner. Consistently working. Holy crap, he's got 212 acting credits on IMDb. He's, he's always doing stuff. Uh, okay, everyone create a number. I'll set this one out since I have zero. I maintain my position as the worst player of this game. Okay. I've regressed back to the mean. Right. Um, let's, I, Allison has a number already. Let's start with Rob. Uh, seven million. Seven million. Let's go with Eric. Uh, 25 million. Whoa. Mm. And Al? I had 15. What oh, the right what? middle. There's quite a little spread here. Alfred Molina is a British actor who has a net worth of $8 million. Rob Nash. Dang Boom! No. Wow, dude. Amazing. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That is Raiders. We have been on for way too long. Uh, Coming up soon are a couple of special podcasts that we have not yet scheduled, but I know most of this group will be involved uh, in one or both of them. Uh, We're definitely doing heat very soon. So Rob, figure out a date and let's do that. Yeah, not familiar with the movie. Yeah, heat. (laughs) And then Shawshank is in our near future as well. Uh, 
I don't know how you're going to do that. I've only seen that movie like once or twice, though. Yeah, it's it's never on TV, so I'm not going to see it. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys, that's Raiders. Thanks, and we will uh, regroup soon. Okay. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.